America from the Middle East with your update on what is happening at the airport of Kabul. It is a national disgrace, an absolute disgrace, and I believe at some point may even uh, end up being described as crimes against humanity. We will give you the update from Kabul in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Dan lives in New York. He's a uh, semi-professional bodybuilder. <laughs> Just, we have so much in common, Dan. Anyway, Dan's been suffering from shoulder pain for quite a while due, uh, due to an injury that he sustained while lifting weights. Don't I know it? It was bad enough that he and his doctor were talking about getting him a, a, a shoulder replacement. But he kept hearing me talk about relief factor on the air. And uh, he began to wonder, I mean, will that help me? He wasn't especially hopeful, but the prospect of a shoulder replacement didn't really sound like fun. He had nothing to lose, everything in the world to gain. Well, he said within a couple of weeks of beginning to take it, his pain went away. His mobility began to return. He got his life back. Guess who's not going under the knife? Dan got his life back, and so can you. Feel the difference for yourself. Relief Factor. It's not a drug, but developed by doctors. And 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to buy more. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-583-84. 800-583-84. It's ReliefFactor.com. From the Middle East in a uh, country that we will not name, uh, it is a country that is is doing a great service uh, to humanity. Um, I, I talked to uh, an ambassador last night of one of our allies, and it is sad what is going on. Um, the ambassador I spoke to was an That country has been an ally of ours forever and a very, very good ally. Um, In the course of the conversation, um, he told me there are two tragedies that have come from this. The number of people that are going to die because of the United States decision and the death of American credibility. Uh, We talked about that for a minute, and he said there is no credibility with the United States anymore. Later, because I was asking this uh, ambassador for help um, getting people out uh, and asking asking him to make some room in their country for some people— I said, I I promise you this— Mr. Ambassador, I, 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 I give you my word. And then I paused and I said, and I know that doesn't mean much right now coming from an American. And he cut me off and he said, no, no, sir. You have credibility. Your president does not. I was floored to hear this from an ambassador of a, of a major ally of ours. It was tragically sad, tragically sad. Um, I got off the phone and found out that Parliament, while I was on the phone, Parliament had um, uh, said on the floor, the ministers of Parliament had said that 
They could do no more with the United States. They would not involve themselves in any other operations until President Biden and, uh, and Vice President Kamala Harris were gone. That is also shocking. But there is, to me, that's the least of our problems right now. Their humanity is being overlooked, and it is being overlooked by our State Department, apparently under direct orders from the United States White House. Um, we have several sources that are telling us in the State Department that the State Department is getting their orders directly from the White House. Um, uh, they are telling uh, who comes in and who does not come in through the gates. Last night, they said, if you were at the gates and you're on foot, go back and get a car. Why is beyond me. Um, two nights ago, when I was flying over here, I was told that we had maybe 72 hours. Uh, last night, I was told we had 24 hours. And today, I am hearing we are hours away from any access and the opening of any gates. The Americans that are being left behind range anywhere from 10,000 is the lowest estimate that I hear to as many as 35,000. We just got word that the entire staff of the at the embassy, which I believe was 1,500, I, don't quote me on that number, it was a large number, I think it was 1,500, all of the people that worked for us at the embassy all of them are being left behind. Those people will be killed. Um, it is, it's shocking what is happening. Last night, rescued by helicopter, there were only 20 that we could get out and rescue. And what I'm being told is actually less than 20. Uh, among those still stranded in Afghanistan are 24 students and parents from a California school district. I hope this has changed since this intelligence has come down. Uh, evacuees say that they have been attacked by the Taliban, prevented from getting to the Kabul airport. Uh, those who are not directly in the airport have very little uh, chance of escape at this point. Taliban has stopped all Afghan citizens from reaching the airport. The airport, for all intents and purposes, is now closed. Uh, earlier, I got a message that said uh, they, the Taliban was gassing uh, tear gas uh, at the gates to try to disperse the crowd. And two minutes later, it was a correction. They said, sorry, we are tear gassing to disperse the crowd at the gates. The possibility of an, of an imminent attack, perhaps within hours, has been looming over Kabul's airport. This according to Great Britain. I've seen several notes reporting the Taliban asking for intelligent organizations to give a list of their um, employees and affiliates. Now, what this is, is the Taliban saying to us and our intelligence organizations, 
please give us a list of the people that are going to be coming to the airport, and we'll guarantee their passage after the 31st. Now, please tell, tell me, dear God, that no one is dumb enough to give them a list of people that we should expect to be let through their gates or that the Taliban would help to evacuate. The Taliban wants the Turkish military out, but wants them to leave personnel behind to run the airport operations after the 831 uh, withdrawal. But that is, that is, the 831 withdrawal is a pipe dream, pipe dream. The airport, the airport is closed right now. And the reason why it's closed is because we are now evacuating our military. By the end of the day, I don't know how many military personnel will still be there. We got word last night that they were starting to um, move our military out with, uh, within 24 hours. Um, we haven't been able to move any planes. I'm just waiting for word to see if we got one plane out last night. It was turned around in midair. That's the reason why I was on the phone with an ambassador last night. Um, it was turned around midair. It had women and children, 300 women and children on board. Uh, I don't have word yet if that is still sitting on the tarmac or if we have gotten it out. We have a major story that I am uh, waiting to, um, uh, I'm, I'm holding until we know all of our people are off the ground and it's, there's nothing else we can do. I will tell you that yesterday um, we've had several countries that have been willing to take people and suddenly for some reason uh these countries are no longer willing to take people and the state department's no longer willing to vouch for anyone last night we had one country that remained open and that was macedonia and when we contacted macedonia we were told a state department official told the ambassador in macedonia not to take any of our refugees the State Department and the White House are the biggest obstacle in saving people. I wish I could tell you the names of the countries that are assisting and taking people temporarily, uh, but they want no credit. They don't want their names uh, uttered at all. Um, and it's a shame because the world should know who these heroes are but they don't want any inf information out about them because they believe that they will come under attack because the world is now negotiating with terrorists. That's the general update um, for today. Uh, there, there, are, there is much, much more to, to tell you. Um, let me take a one-minute break and come back with more and I'm going to start in one minute with the good news. Blinds.com is really, really, really super easy. 
they're inexpensive, much, much less expensive than if you go to some designer. But you get great quality and you can get a designer for free. They have great consultants that have helped me and Tanya in our house several times. It is so easy. They know what they're doing. They can walk you through everything or they can even do everything for you. It's just perfect. Plus, right now they're offering up to 35% off of everything. So you can upgrade any room indoors or out. And with over 25 million blinds sold, blinds.com, they know how to make it easy. They know how to get those custom window treatments that are perfect for your house. With free shipping and 100% guarantee perfect fit, Blinds.com. Don't take my word for it. Visit Blinds.com and save up to 35% off everything. Rules and restrictions may apply. 10 seconds, station ID. Welcome to the uh, program. I'm in the Middle East. Stu is uh, manning things uh, at home. Um, I hope to be home by this weekend, but there are some developments um, that I think are positive that we may have to uh, shepherd, so I may be here a, a few days longer than I, than I originally suspected. Um, it, it, is, it is dicey, um, all of this. Everything is fluid, and we're trying to make sure that we only tell you the things that we can confirm uh, from more than one source. Even if it is our source, we want to make sure because things are so um, just so fluid right now. And it, it is it none of this, none of this makes sense. Um, there is an estimate that at least 300 Afghans are in imminent danger of being targeted by the Taliban for associating with Americans and anybody who associated with the U.S. efforts in, um, in Afghanistan. So you know, when we began raising money, what day is it over there, Stu? Is it Thursday? Yes. Um, when, yeah, when it's, uh, I'm sorry, it's at the very end of the day, it's, it's I don't even know seven o'clock or something um, here um, at the end of the day uh, on on Wednesday we asked to raise twenty million dollars to be able to get we hoped three to five thousand people out. Well, we can tell you that the Nazarene Fund directly has uh, brought two thousand people out of Afghanistan. Um, we're waiting. We have a plane that is loaded and ready to go, and it has mechanical problems, and it's on the airport tarmac in, uh, in Afghanistan. We are trying to get that one uh, repaired. It may be our last flight out. There is another flight. Um, one of our partners is Mighty Oaks. They have been doing incredible work. Um, they... Um, have another plane that needs to get out of there as well. Uh, and when those two planes uh, are out and on the tarmac, we will have a total of 5,000 uh, refugees that we have rescued in just the last few days. And we are so very grateful to you uh, and to everyone else. I 
I can tell you, I think that the people on the ground, and I don't know this for sure, but I think the people on the ground probably feel a little like Oscar Schindler when at the end he stood and he looked at his ring and said, but how I could have sold this ring. How many people could I have saved with just this ring? Um, because it's hard to feel the victory in any of this. Um, because there are so many at the gates and so many we know are going to be targeted. Uh, we also uh, we also see what is what is coming for the Afghani's. Um, it's been a week since any of the banks were open. Um, the Taliban took over and um, the banks closed down. ATMs are dried up in Kabul. Everybody now is strapped for cash. They're, the food prices are beginning to rise. There is going to be a hunger problem next um, as they're ordering now that no dollars can be taken out of the country um, because there is a, a national cash squeeze. The Taliban spokesman declared uh, that they will take action against any Afghan, Af, 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 Afghans who are trying to take dollars out of the country by air or land. The cash would be seized and you would pay a high price. But also, I want you to know, we didn't get a chance to mention this yesterday. Um, they are vowing to take uh, into consideration and fight climate change. So... We have that from the Taliban. You can, you can, uh, don't you, doesn't that make you feel good, Stu, that they're going to fight climate change? Makes me feel great. You know, uh, they've in the past fought climate change as well. Uh, when they've murdered lots of people, the less people breathing, uh, the better, because each person yes. has a carbon footprint, Glenn. So they've been yes. able to help that in the past. Yes, yes. It's a controversial yes. approach, but it is backed by science. So can I ask you, Stu, back at home, uh, I mean, I left on Monday. It seems like it's been weeks. Um, or did I leave on Tuesday? No, I left on Monday. Um, what is the feeling back home? What is the coverage back home? Are people still paying attention to what's happening at the airport? They're definitely paying attention to what's happening at the airport, yes. Uh, there is an attempt by the White House to rework the narrative, uh, to be kind, and to try to make it seem as if they're doing something impressive, uh, as if this is a good thing. Oh, they are. <laughs> oh, they are. I mean, it's impressive to take the reputation of the United States and flush it down the toilet to where our closest allies want nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, it is. It's quite an impressive move to um, trap all these people right into like almost a almost a cattle shoot. Uh, uh, you know, of getting the, the most vulnerable and trapping them right into the arms of the Taliban. So it is impressive what they're doing. It is impressive. Um, one of the narratives they're trying to push out is that they're evacuating a lot of people and they're saying they're 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 giving uh -huh. numbers for the quote unquote coalition. So it's not exactly clear what what mm -hmm. we're responsible for, but they are saying something mm -hmm. like 70 to 80,000 people have been evacuated total. Uh -huh. uh, now, it's interesting because I think it was Lawrence O'Donnell from MSNBC, I think he's still there, who said uh, that, you know, he's like, 
you know, people evacuated from uh, from Afghanistan after uh, Kabul fell, 70,000 people who were evacuated after the fall of Saigon, zero. And I think he thought this was a good point for Biden. But like my understanding of this process is you try to evacuate your people before the cities fall. Do I have that Thank wrong? I, I no, don't. you have that absolutely right. Yeah. Before the city fell, we got everyone out. Now, now the city has fallen and it's almost impossible to get these people out. Yeah, you don't wait the, till the, after. The, the word from the State Department now is don't go to the airport. Try a border. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. So should that be the Pakistani border? <laughs> Or should that be the Iranian border? Which border are we talking about uh, here, Uncle Joe? This is the Glenn Beck Program. Here's a tough question. How much emergency food do you personally own? Is it at least enough to feed your entire family three meals a day for a month? If you're like me and millions of other preppers in America, the answer is probably yes. But if the answer is no, then you're not prepared for food shortages. And believe me, they could happen. Anything could happen in today's world. May I strongly suggest that now is the time to make sure that you and your family are ready in a time of crisis. And that means checking out my Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one emergency preparedness company, and their mission is your survival. Right now, you can get 25% discount on their popular four-week emergency food supply. Just go to preparewithglenn.com right now. Get the discount before it's gone. It's a 25% discount on every pack. Four weeks of food per person in your family is the bare minimum you should have. Don't wait. This deal will will uh, not last forever. It is uh, going to come to a close soon. It's 25% off each four-week food supply that you order. Don't wait until it's too late. Preparewithglenn.com. All right, head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Continuing coverage of everything going on in Afghanistan. If you use the promo code Glenn, you'll save 10 bucks. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Um, I just want you to know, we'll talk about this later, but I want you to know um, the discrediting of the Nazarene Fund and probably me and this program is coming um, because we are not making friends with the State Department. Um, we got a tip uh, today from uh, a news organization um, that had a um, somebody inside of a, a, a government organization, and they said that there was a meeting today about uh, us and um, the warning was they're coming and I know that and that's fine and um, what we're doing here is we believe God's work and so be it if this is the end of our career is my career it's fine I am totally fine with that I just want you to know that awful things are going to be said uh, in the future I hope not I hope not but um, they're not going to let us sit here uh, and uh, do what we've done without ramifications. Laura Logan is with us now. Hello, Laura. How are you? 
You know, again, um, I'm very glad to be here, and I will tell you, I don't care what they say. Um, I will stand by you and the Nazarene Fund, because the only people right now who are more evil than Al-Qaeda and the Taliban are the State Department and the agency and all the others who are doing everything possible in their power to prevent uh, decent Americans and good people uh, standing up for our allies and rescuing people and saving them from certain death. And I've been up all night working this for eight days, and it is reprehensible. So, Laura, people don't understand um, what... How can the State Department do this? What are they doing exactly? What is the White House? How are they thwarting? Can you can you okay. share some examples? Oh, yeah, easily. So because I've been doing this all night. So, um, well, for example, I have had, like I had 150 people, families, that I ripped out of their homes with children and everything else, all of whom are uh, targeted for death because they worked for 60 minutes or they were legendary, um, you know, in the military um, and uh, mm -hmm. um, fought the Taliban al-Qaeda. And as the plane was coming in to land, my American special operations contact had told me that they had been denied clearance. So suddenly out of nowhere, when they had clearance before, they denied clearance. The pilots, and I will tell you, there's so many operators on the ground who are just outraged and what they're being asked to participate in and be part of this betrayal. And so the team uh, running the operation said, no, we're not going to do it. We're landing anyway. And um, they went to look without a landing strip and without lights for a place to land. And they were coming in and they were threatened that they would be shot down. So they had to, you know, they had to circle and, and they were running out of fuel. And they've gone back to another country and uh, they're trying to, to get the clearances again to come back in and being blocked by the State Department. Yesterday, yeah. the State Department changed again the evacuation paperwork. They changed the paperwork. You're in the last few moments. I'm going to tell you now, Glenn, they, I heard all through yesterday and through last night that by nightfall today in Kabul, which is not far away, they would be gone. We have reports of the 82nd Airborne, um, you know, evicting Christians and American citizens and others from the airport and bulldozing um, checkpoints. Uh, we have reports of gates being welded shut, which, of course, I, I can't confirm from a distance, but there's been multiple we reports. I will that. tell you, we have those same reports, Laura. So there's a second source. We have the same reports. And I, I just, I got to tell you that, I mean, we, I have literally got photographs of, you know, a pregnant woman, wife of a DEA agent with a child at the checkpoint, battered and beaten and bloody, who's fought her way to get there. We've got special operators, special operations guys and Marines who are out there rescuing people, risking their lives only to get to the airport and be denied access by the U.S. government, whether they instruct the Marines or the 82nd on the gates to shut them down, whether they shut down the Marines. Right now, one of my contacts that I've been working with for days said that uh, he's had, you know, dozens and dozens of messages to the Marines have now gone unanswered. They've stopped um, They've stopped talking to him. Everybody's scrubbing their packages, and they're on their way out. And, you know, now there's reports of a suicide bomber and um, gunfire, mm -hmm. which uh, families that I'm uh, in touch with on the ground witnessed. Um, and uh, I was talking them through it and trying to keep them calm. But I tell you what makes me so angry. They're going to, you watch, 
They're going to say that they had to shut everything down early because of the threat level. And it is absolute nonsense. They were doing this and shutting it down long before that even happened. And even more reprehensible and dishonest, this is how disgusting these people are. They are now trying to say that Suraj Khani, the deputy leader of the Taliban, right, whose brother, Anasa Khani, was sitting next to Zomai Khalilzad, the U.S. presidential envoy at the talks in Doha, um, that they have separated from the Taliban and they've gone with ISIS-K. You know why they're saying that, Glenn? You know why they're making up that absolute lie? Because they know they've been called out. And I was one of the people that called them out. So it was Tom Jocelyn at the Long War Journal and a bunch of others. Because the Haqqani Network is a foreign terrorist organization designated by the U.S. Uh, government in 2012. And it is illegal under U.S. law to negotiate or support terrorists to provide any kind of support for them in any way whatsoever. And now that it's been called out, look, lo and behold, how convenient how convenient that suddenly the deputy leader of the Taliban has split away. I don't believe it for one single second. In fact, I'll put my life on it, that that is an abject lie. Even if they say it themselves, that's a deal that they struck. When the head of the CIA went and met with Mullah Baradar, the man that they chose to lead the Islamic Emirates, and by the way, guess who they chose as their intel chief? The guy who's going to be in charge of intelligence for the Taliban is... His strongest ally is who? The IRGC, the Iranian Revolutionary Guards. He ran training camps for the Taliban inside Iran, and he and the new head of IRGC are, are uh, you know, bonded at the hip. And the, one of the chief political advisors of the Taliban in Kabul right now, advising Mullah Baradar, is the other person in the Taliban who is close to IRGC. They're two top Iranian contacts. And you watch out, Israel and Taiwan and all of these countries all over the world, because right now, America's enemies are coming for us. And all these people are going about their daily life in America, and they want to talk about this, and they want to talk about that, and they just want to pretend that Afghanistan is not happening. It, you wait, because we are now isolated on the world stage. We are defined by betrayal and drenched in the blood of Afghans and American citizens, and I've got soldiers, special operations soldiers, veterans, some of them 10, 15, 20 tours, vomiting last night, vomiting when they realized what they were being asked to participate in. Because this betrayal is an historic shame that will define the United States until the end of time. For as long as we still have, because it is part of a greater assault on this country that will ensure the end of America, the end of the American idea, and act as a warning to anyone all over the world. Don't believe in it. Don't fight for it. Don't stand by it because they don't even believe in their own idea. Look at them. I, Laura, I can't, first of all, everything you say is true. Uh, I mean, I believe every word that you just said is, is accurate. Um, the, the, what people don't understand and, and it was shocking, shocking to me how many times in the last 24 hours since being here, I have heard former allies say, we're done, we're done. Um, yep. You know, to have, to have parliament yesterday discuss the fact that they will not come to our aid or perform any 
uh, operations jointly with us until this president and vice president are out. I've never in my lifetime heard anything like that from England or any of them. France is still currently out there saving people. Britain is staying behind after we leave tonight. We're going to leave. Why are we leaving before the 31st when our allies are still on the ground? Glenn, I've, I've, got bigger, I've got even bigger questions for you. Why are we accepting that this is set in stone? Why are we accepting the most humiliating defeat at the hands of a terrorist organization aided and abetted by our allies? Did you see what the Pakistani president Imran Khan said? He literally said that the, that the Taliban had been freed. The people of Afghanistan had been freed from the chains of slavery. That's how he referred to the U.S. Do you know that since 1951, 70 years straight, the United States has been funding Pakistan? Literally billions and billions and billions of dollars. Why are we sending taxpayer dollars to Pakistan to finance the Taliban and Haqqani and Al-Qaeda to kill American soldiers on that battlefield. Why are we not acknowledging our Afghan allies, the former Vice President, Amrullah Saleh, who is now acting president, who is fighting right now? Why are we pushing the Taliban's propaganda narrative that all the Afghans surrendered and that the, the Afghan army and the special operations, they're worthless, all that money spent and all those years, and look at them, they're so useless. How many times have you read that or heard that? And it is an abject lie. Yes, there were soldiers that gave up, but there were many units that kept fighting. And not only that, who would say to their ally, why would you do this? Why would you take a highly specialized special operations force trained by the best operators we have that relies on mobility, and in one moment, strip it of all of its mobility, the U.S. air support, and at the same moment, take all of the maintenance contractors that have kept the Afghan Air Force in the skies and strip those away. And then at exactly the same moment, take away all of your auxiliary support that goes with that, your soldiers, your bases, your logistics, your supply lines. Why would you do that? And show me the army on earth that could possibly have all that stripped away from it in one moment. And I'm not saying they didn't have warning, they didn't know. That's not the same thing as having a replacement structure already there that's functioning and working. And also what people shouldn't be deceived by and shouldn't fall for is that anyone who's saying what I'm saying right now isn't saying that we have to stay in Afghanistan forever or that the U.S. can't withdraw. We could still leave a special operations counterterrorism component. We could still be doing air support. We could obliterate the Taliban, literally obliterate the Taliban leadership. Their forces are all out in the open. You know why? Because they're literally standing there laughing at you, dancing on America's grave. That's what they're doing. They don't fear you. And you know what? When the Taliban doesn't fear you and Al-Qaeda doesn't fear you and Hezbollah doesn't fear you and Hamas doesn't fear you, the Iranians don't fear you and neither do any of our other adversaries. Neither does Pakistan, neither does China, none of them. So you watch. Americans have, you know, they have had have this false sense of security. They've gone off in the world knowing this, this invisible shield that we've had around us, that we're all protected by the power and the moral authority of this nation, because the idea of freedom 
is the idea for which we are all all prepared to fight and live and die for, right? That's the idea, because we believe that this is a noble idea, and it's worth fighting for. As, as Amullah Saleh, the acting president, said to me in an interview just before all of this happened, he actually said to me, called me one day, and he was worried, because we're friends, and I've known him for many years, and he said, Lara, what is happening there? He said, you know, if the light goes out in America, it goes out everywhere. There is then the whole world is plunged into darkness. It cannot go out in America. And, you know, that is what we're looking at, Glenn. The light has gone out in America. It's not gone out in our hearts and souls as Americans, you know, and as people who believe in this. But if we don't stop what's happening now, then we are dying with it because, so, because Laura, it now uh, is fake. Laura, I, I can't thank you enough. We're, we, I have to run for a network break. I'd like to talk to you some more on this. Thank you for all of your hard work. We just got in that there is a large explosion at Abbey Gate at the Kabul airport. This is something that we have been warned about for the last 24 hours. Uh, we'll bring you more details as they become uh, uh, available to us. Back in just a minute. I want you to know that not all real estate agents are exactly the same. You know, imagine a real estate agent comes to the door, comes in, sits down with you. You talk for a little bit about the house, what your goals are, what's realistic, what's not, all of that. Then he pulls out his phone and a piece of paper and pulls up the names of every single person that you're going to need to get the job done, done right. And he writes them all down for you. He even says, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to call a couple of these myself, make sure that they come over and and get this done. You realize not for the last time in the process, you didn't just get a real estate agent. You got a partner, somebody who is partnering with you to sell your home all the way through to the end to get the best possible outcome. That's what we envision happening and we know happens every day with our real estate agents at realestateagentsitrust.com. They're not people that work for us. These are people that we have found, we have monitored, we have looked for the best track records in the area, and we recommend them to you. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, we ask for your prayers. We have people on the ground right now at the Kabul airport. We have been waiting for permission to take off. One of our planes also has mechanical problems. I don't know if they're in the air yet, uh, but there's been a major explosion uh, at the Kabul airport, and um, our 82nd Airborne, they're, they're almost out of there, so at least they're safe. Uh, I have quite a bit to, uh, to say when we come back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I want to tell you a moment, uh, for a moment here about uh, if you kind of think for a second and think about where you really see yourself and your family in the next year, financially and otherwise now about the next five years 
Are you doing okay in that mental picture? Uh, right now, it's hard to think that five years down the road could be okay. But maybe, I mean, at least if you're thinking about your financial future, maybe it can. Have you avoided spending beyond your means? Are you and your family on good footing? Um, if things go badly with the economy, uh, what do you do? Um, it's it's fairly likely that the American uh, economy is 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 going to have its ups and downs. Uh, to be very kind. And it's really important that you make the best financial decisions possible. American Financing has been helping people just like you, just like me, take charge of their financial house for over two decades. Their team of dedicated and qualified mortgage consultants are waiting only for a phone call from you to help you get started. Whether it's an entire refinancing of your mortgage at a lower interest rate, one that won't restart your loan, by the way, which is nice, or a consolidation loan that gets you out of your other debt, predatory credit cards and all other nonsense american financing is here to help you call american financing 800-906-2440 or americanfinancing.net it's americanfinancing.net America, uh, there has been an explosion at the Abbey Gate, um, the in Kabul at the airport. Uh, there has been warnings uh, that started about 12 hours ago that uh, there were there were reports that a, a a bomb might go off at one of the gates. We believe this is the English Gate. Uh, I would imagine it's named after the Abbey Gate in Kent, in, in England. Um, but I'm not sure. There's there's the American gate. The I believe it's the German gate and the American uh, and the American English German and American gate. I think this is the English. Um, it, this is a very very bad situation, and it's happening just at the time when our last uh, military are uh, loading up and taking off. Um, it, it, our allies are being left behind. Americans are being left behind. This is a very, very bad situation for America. The ramifications are are too enormous, I think, to even begin to speculate. But I'm going to ask somebody who's far smarter than I am, Victor Davids uh, Hansen, to tell us historically the comparisons and where he thinks this goes next. The ramifications live from the Middle East. This is the Glenn Beck program. The Glenn Beck program. Jerry is tough as nails. He grew up on a farm, and by the time he was an adult, he was in incredible shape from long hours of farm work and years of playing soccer and boxing. <laughs> you know, basically the same life I've led. As he got older, though, Jerry started to notice that he was developing a lot of pain through his body. All of that exercise and hard work began to catch up on him, and he didn't feel as good anymore. That's when he discovered Relief Factor. He said within a few weeks of taking it, his pain was down to a minimum, and today, at 71, he's back to being active. 
Relief Factor, not a drug developed by doctors, and 70% of the people who try go on to order more. Order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. What do you have to lose? Get out of pain. ReliefFactor.com or call 800-583-84, 800-583-84. It's ReliefFactor.com. I'm live in the Middle East in a uh, country that does not want to be named. Uh, They are afraid of repercussions from the terrorists that are now going to be taking over this region. Uh, Not only ISIS, but uh, Hezbollah, Al-Qaeda will be back, and the Taliban. Um, There was just a, what is being described as a complex suicide bombing. Um, we don't have any of the details. Please pray. We have a we have a plane full of uh, refugees that is sitting on the tarmac right now. I don't have word if it has taken off yet or not. It had mechanical problems. David, is it still on the tarmac? Do you know? As far as we know, still on the tarmac. Um, we also have one of our partners uh, in this is uh, Chad Robicho, who's supposed to be with us from the Kabul airport in about half an hour. Um, I believe he and his team uh, are still down, and I, I will ask him to tell you a story that happened last night. And God forbid, this is going to change, this explosion could change everything when you hear the story of what happened with our 81st airborne um a while ago uh okay let's uh let's go to victor davis hansen who is uh on with us who uh is a, a historian and a a really great political conservative uh thinker victor how are you sir very good thank you for having me glenn you bet um I, I just I, I'm, we just got this news about this explosion, and I'm here in the Middle East, and it is um, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time concentrating because I'm thinking about all of the people that are on the ground and uh, what all of this means. Can you can you war game this out for us? What what does this debacle over the last week in mm-hmm. Afghanistan? What is this going to do to America? Well, there's a lot of. I mean, we have to put it in some kind of historical context, Glenn. The amount of military hardware and equipment that we lost would have is enough to supply Israel with our current military aid for 35 years. So people oh don't gosh. have any idea. So we've got to keep that in context. We I can't think of any historical parallel where the United States military abroad working in concert with its contractors that supplied them that fed them that offered security in some situations when they were off duty i've never seen a situation where the military pulled out first and left them uh for their to fend for themselves i've never seen a situation Why would it, where can you can, i i've i've never seen that either and i cannot think of a reason we would do this i mean we have people still think, on the ground we have we have humanitarian yeah. efforts still on the ground, and they are pulling out before we are. Why? I think it was because he arbitrarily defined, just made a construct out of the idea that whether we are in Afghanistan or not would be defined narrowly by the troops only. And so he often even, you know, he, he slips and lets the truth come out when he says, well, if they don't want to come out, 
So in his vision, once the last American soldier is out, then he's done and he can say before 9-11, I'm the president that got us out. But all the other people didn't want to come out. And I think that's what he's been thinking of. And so it's kind of crazy. But we've never had this situation before either. And then we've never looked at casualties and fatalities in terms of how many people did not suffer. It would be like Lori Lightfoot telling us this weekend, we had 100,000 people in Chicago that weren't shot. Now, that's nice, but it doesn't tell us how many people were shot. So we're, we're told this is how many people got out. This is how many people got out. But they never tell us how many people are left there. And so we have no idea. That's what we're worried about. We, we like the idea that we're bringing people out. But the key number is how many people are left there? Where are they? How can we get them out? And you get the impression that once we're out, i.e. the military is out, we could have a thousand Bo Bergdahl situations all over the country. And we know that just one person who, you know, left his post under dubious circumstances, probably treasonous circumstances, paralyzed the country to hand over four Taliban kingpins. But you can imagine we could have a magnitude of that several times over. So I I have talked to people on the ground. I have talked to, um, um, leaders of uh, ambassadors of other countries. And, um, you know, last night, uh, Parliament was talking about how they will not do any joint operation with this administration, um, that they are done. We have betrayed all of our allies. Uh, England is still, they're still on the ground. They're not leaving when we're leaving, they're 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 at least staying till the 31st. I, I don't know why we're pulling out with still days to go before the 31st. I, I don't either. I don't know why we handed over the most valuable piece of strategic real estate in the Middle East, the Bagram Air Force Base. It was defensible. It was the logical nexus where if we wanted to continue the graduated withdrawal, we could have done it all summer long all fall without any worry because it was secure. We had 100% air superiority. So that made no sense. As far as the NATO allies, on a lot of key initiatives, they were starting to bristle before this. And that is they did not want to join Joe Biden in uh, sort of clamping down on Chinese mercantile theft and a lot of Chinese expansionism. They were very wary, the Germans particularly, about confronting Vladimir Putin's aggressions in Eastern Europe and the former Soviet republics. They were very wary about not getting back into the Iran deal. They wanted to get back in the Iran deal. And so on all these issues that we thought we were going to have a common front, they're all going to start freelancing. And I don't know how you you get them back on the same page. And it's highly ironic because Donald Trump, after forcing them to pony up another $100 million and promised military preparedness, was ostracized and caricatured as the anti-NATO person. He actually made the alliance stronger, although they might not have liked it publicly. And Biden was supposed to restore this international fervor among all the members, and yet he's almost destroyed it. Um, If you were... I asked uh, Neil Ferguson this the other day, and you both are historians. If we continue on this track, put yourself as a historian 50 years from now. How do you write about this time period? 
Well, what do you say? It's a, it's a cultural suicide. In other words, if you look at all of the stuff of civilizations that make it thrive and continue, we're all there. We have the top universities in science and math and professional schools in the world by far. We have, we're energy self-sufficient. We're the second largest and most efficient food producer. We have the longest constitutional uh, democracy alive right now. We're the only multiracial democracy that's ever worked in history. So by any standard of assessment, we, this shouldn't happen. And yet it's happening. And it's happening because we are, since the last year and a half, as I see it, this woke suicide has pitted one institution against the other, one race against the other. And we can see it in the Joint Chiefs. We see them uh, taking their eye off the ball and looking at white whiteness this and whiteness that we've had retired military violate their oath of in the uniform code of military justice not to disparage the commander-in-chief they said vicious things about the president in the past we've got the cia compromised the fbi compromised from these years of investigation of that they were weaponized same thing with the irs so we were we're tearing the country apart in the faction of much more than 1968, more like 1860. And we're all even getting that geographical force multiplier where people have come to the conclusion that Portland doesn't work, Seattle doesn't work, Minneapolis doesn't work, I'm moving to Utah, Texas, etc. where we're getting these vast migrations where we're self-selecting. And uh, that, that if that continues, we're going to have a red country and a blue country. And so... It doesn't have to be this way. And I think a lot of it is that the hard left took over the institutions of the corporate boardroom, the university, K through 12, social media, traditional media, Silicon Valley, entertainment, the foundations, Hollywood, professional sports. And even though they don't have the majority of the population, they feel that they have the money and the cultural influence to affect these changes, whether it's on the border or uh diminishing energy and uh, sufficiency or the redefinition of crime and defunding the police. So they're revolutionaries and they have all the institutions of power. They are not outsiders. These are Jacobins like the French revolutionaries. They have seized control of the things that make America work are not. Work. So th- this is what they, this is what they said back in the 1960s when they went back to, to analyze, you know, where did they go wrong and what do we need? They realized they needed corporate institutions. They needed to be in the boardrooms. They needed to be in positions of power to be able to complete it. Do they succeed Absolutely. this time? Yeah, they did. They, they brag about it. No, they say, that but do they, su- the but do now. they succeed? Do they succeed in the end? I mean, are we, is this a, is this a sealed deal or are there ways to turn this around? No, I think we're, no, I think people are resisting, and I don't think they have a majority. I think you're going to see it a very close California recall. The idea that just six months ago, the two bookend governors, the pillars of progressive governance at the state level, Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo would be, Cuomo's gone, and I think Newsom may well be gone. A lot of Hispanic voters here in California 
that are Democrats do not like him for a variety of reasons, of which we just talked about. And so I think the midterm elections are going to be a pushback. These special elections are being a pushback. But everybody's got to get galvanized. I think that's why they're so panicky that they're changing the demography at the border. They want to have a national voting law. They're talking about... We're one vote, Glenn, from having an, uh, getting rid of a 150-year uh, nine-person Supreme Court, 180-year filibuster, 233-year electoral college, 60-year 50-state union. So all of these can be done or massaged by the Congress, and they're almost there, and they want to do it because they don't have popular support. So they want to change these institutions. Um, I can't thank you um, enough for being on with us. Thank you, uh, and keep up the good work. That's Victor Davis Hanson. Um, we have some more breaking news for you, and I believe we are going to talk to somebody at the airport in Kabul here in just about 10 minutes. Uh, I hope that's not the case, but I think that's where he's at. I hope he is off the ground, uh, but we will we will see in just a few minutes. Uh, stand by. Uh, More in a minute. When you get right down to it, what is keeping you from switching your mobile service over to Patriot Mobile today? It shouldn't be that hard. It's not complicated. Patriot Mobile makes it incredibly easy to switch over. It shouldn't be because of the cost. Patriot Mobile offers you all of the same great service on the same cell towers as the big mobile companies for a whole lot less as a monthly rate. Is it because you're in favor of companies like Verizon giving a portion of your bill to uh, places like Planned Parenthood? I don't think so. Patriot Mobile, instead, donates to the kinds of American causes that you and I believe in. So it seems to me that the choice is really super clear. Make the switch. Just do it. Make the switch to Patriot Mobile today. Let's all send a message to those big mobile companies. Can you hear us now? Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Beck. They also have special discounts for veterans and first responders. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares traditional family values. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. This is the Glenn Beck program, um, live from the Middle East. Um, I am hundreds of miles away from the Kabul airport, and uh, I know how I feel inside. Um, I cannot imagine being at the airport now. Um, it is, it is, there are three Marines we know uh, that have been hurt. Uh, we don't know any more than that. It is a suicide bombing. There is um, uh, there is uh, one infant that we know that have been killed, but they are hauling people around in wheelbarrows right now. This is this. I don't know how this is America. I don't know how. But our administration right now is loading up our airplanes, and they are loading up the 82nd Airborne. They are loading them up. And I, 
I know members of the 82nd Airborne. I know our Marines. There is no way they are happy about this. I cannot wait to tell you a story, but I'm not going to do it until I know our people are off the ground. But you, if you are, if you think you've even been close to angry, wait until, and I'm going to name names. It's not, it's not mine to tell. We have somebody who is on the ground, and it's their place to name names because they witnessed it, and so did others. But I will, I will do everything I can to make sure that that individual is held responsible. Blood is on their hands. Um. I would just ask that you would uh, pray hard for all of the people all over the world. Um, I'm expecting in 90 minutes to get a briefing on something we are uh, needing to change tactics. Last night, I, uh, I, I said to David Barton from Wall Builders, um, who is here, we're going to talk to him in a few minutes. Um, I said to him earlier, I, I think this is why we're here, um, because we, not coincidentally, I mean absolute divine providence, we happen to be at the right place at the right time, and somebody who made the cut on coming over on the plane that I honestly wondered, why are we bringing this individual? But it just felt right that he was with us, and he happened to be the key on something rather massive. Uh, and there is divine providence. God is involved in all of this. But I am telling you right now, so is Satan. Evil is powerful right now. And I... I I testify to you that we are going to become the darkest, most evil nation to ever, ever be on the face of the earth if we don't turn from this now, if we don't soften our hearts and turn ourselves back to God and plead for his forgiveness. We are still responsible for what our government is doing because we elected this government. We chose this evil. And we must beg for forgiveness and then do everything we can to be good and worthy of blessings because we are going to need them. Please pray for peace, pray that your heart is softened, and pray for a shield against this evil. Is the Glenn Beck Program. LifeLock. If you think the big companies you do business with can't have data breaches because, you know, they're big companies. Yeah. T-Mobile recently confirmed a data breach that could affect 47 million past and present customers. Have you ever had T-Mobile? Congratulations. Your stuff might be on the uh, dark web now being sold. It's really important to understand that it's going to affect all of our lives and you can't monitor everything. And monitoring your credit is just not enough. Monitoring your, your bank statements, not enough. 
No one can prevent all of this stuff from happening to you, but LifeLock is the best in the business, and they will help protect what is yours. So save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com, and then just don't worry about any of this stuff. LifeLock.com. They'll alert you if something's going wrong and help you clean it up if something did go wrong. Promo code BECK and save 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. The explosion by the airport uh, is unfortunately getting worse by the minute. We'll have all the breaking details coming up next. This is the Glenn Beck program live from the Middle East. I'm going to take you directly to Kabul, the airport now where our good friend and the founder of Mighty Oaks is uh, on the ground. Hello, Chad. How are you? Good, Glenn. How are you? Uh, Good. Um, You're still at the airport in Kabul? Actually, I'm I'm out. I'm in the same neighborhood. You you are out. So... (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But we, uh, we okay. Good. Two, I've been we worried. Still have have... Two of our guys, we still have two of our guys there. Uh, and so what about the guys what sure. about the airplane? What about the airplane that was full of people? I don't want to tell that story. That's your story to tell. If you're ready to tell that, I'm just worried about those people. Yeah, uh, man. I I wish I could. It wasn't the airplane. It was buses. And uh, I, I wish I could say it right now, but we have to get our guys okay. out off the ground first that's fine so that's fine that's fine um so tell us uh tell us what you know chad tell us what the situation is like you were there earlier i i know yeah we you know we have a uh, you know us to get together with the coalition we have with uh what you guys are doing at nazarene fund we got 5200 people off the ground and that's uh you know it's, so it's one of these stories that uh you know, it's, it's tough to reconcile because you have this one side of you that's so happy and joyful. I just got back from the humanitarian center where we, we have been bringing people in the country that we're in. And I got to see these people that I'm looking around and it just it overwhelmed me. And I got just so emotional because, you know, we've been working hard. So we, so hard all week, you know, I've only got six hours of sleep in the last five days and, and uh, we've been working so hard and to walk in to see these people and, uh, and know that they have a chance, they have hope and, uh, and, and see these little kids and, and I got to see my interpreter that, that I got out and his family and his kids ran up to me and hugged me. And I was just so emotional and overwhelmed. So there's this sense of joy, but then there's also this sense of what we, you know, what we've seen in Kabul where you have people left, uh, American citizens left, uh, people who are still in sewage ditches trying to climb their way over Constantino wire, throwing their kids. I didn't see it, but, uh, my buddy, one of my buddies, Joe saw, uh, three babies, dead in the Constantino wire where moms tried to throw their babies over the Constantino wire uh, or moms or dads tried to throw their babies over the Constantino wire, just hoping, you know, rather give away their baby than, than have it be under the Taliban. And, and the babies got tangled up in the Constantino wire and, and were dead in there. And, and, uh, you know, and now we're hearing reports of uh, dads shooting their daughters, not because they want to kill their daughters because they don't want their daughters to, endure the suffering of the Taliban. And uh, it's just a horrific situation. And my heart just breaks to know these people are just still 
they're up there and and we did it our government you know i've never as a proud american as someone i'm the most patriotic guy i think i know and and to ever feel embarrassed and ashamed uh of our country i sat in front of a this morning i sat in a conference room and i had four generals from a foreign military amazing nation that had helped these people 18 lawyers their minister of, of interior the minister of foreign affairs and I just thank them for helping us, but I also had to apologize for our country and, and, and putting them in a situation to have to help. And now our country, most importantly, what I think all your listeners need to hear is we still are not doing the right thing. The White House is still stopping people from doing the right thing. Our State Department is paralyzed. They will not move these people. And uh, they put it on the entire rest of the world is participating in this humanitarian crisis uh, of, on a biblical scale. But the one government that caused this problem is not participating in helping and it's an embarrassment to our country and uh and, and we need to, we the people need to hold our white house accountable uh for this and this is not a political statement about you know, trump versus biden and all that stuff that everybody's been caught up in the last years this is about what's morally right as human beings uh the world can't function this way not when the strongest uh, greatest nation in the world behaves this way and treats people this way. I, I, uh, I had a phone call with uh, uh, an ambassador of a country last night, and I had exactly the same um, same conversation. And I was amazed at how this country um, a dismissed America now, uh, just as they're just you know we we don't we don't trust anymore. Um, but also who would not dwell on it, uh, said, but that's a different story. Um, this is about saving people. And here's this great country that wasn't playing politics at all, didn't care, doesn't no. want any of the credit. Um, and they are moving uh, heaven and earth. And because of our State Department, their hands were tied. Yeah, we're talking about the same country, and it's like, I'm looking at these people. I'm looking at their military. I'm looking at their government, the volunteers, the, the workers. They're feeding these families. I went in the humanitarian center today. There's there's doctors and toys for the kids, and it's amazing. And I'm like, you people are incredible. Like, they are so amazing to be treating these, these refugees this way. Uh, they feel like they're in a home right now. These people feel like there's, this is not a tent city. It's beyond unbelievable what these people are doing. And, and our government won't do anything. They won't lift a finger to help. I, I, think, I'm, uh, I think I'm at the place that... Um, I think I'm at the place that you are uh, without being able to see the humanitarian uh, side of it, uh, because I'm kind of boxed in and not allowed to uh, go to some of the places that you are. And uh, I am, I, I can't tell you the, when you're only seeing the bad side, I, I feel um, such empathy for our soldiers um, because oh they, yeah. th this must be the way they feel. Because I, there's like, uh, it's just the walls close in on you, and you're like, what is happening? Well, I mean, how how these young, uh, obviously, you know, 
Mighty Oaks Foundation. You know me. Like, there's nothing more uh, I love and support. I've committed my life to our mil- America's military warriors, and so I love our troops. And and uh, but our military is not doing the job of the military right now. The State Department took over the NEO, and and the NEO, the non-combatant evacuation operation, which is a DOD function. Uh, the White House gave it to the State Department, and our State Department is using our military like embassy security. They treated that airport. They have no business. They don't know what a NEO is. They don't know how to run a NEO. That's not the State Department's job. The White House gave it to them because they thought our military was too emotionally attached to the Afghan, uh, to Afghanistan after 20 years. And the, and the State Department yeah, well, has treated the, the airport like a embassy. <laughs> they treated it like an embassy. So, so Chad, help me out with this. I believe that our soldiers, the, the boots on the ground, the people, you know, of the 82nd Airborne, et cetera, they're good, solid people, and they know what's right. But uh, oh, yeah. It, yeah. it appears as though the, the, the brass, it, it comes from a different place, cut more from, like, the White House. Am I reading yeah, this wrong? It, you know, you're reading it 100%. Man, I wish I could tell you that story right now. And when I can, I, I want to expose this story because it's, it's horrific. But uh, the, I will tell you, you when know, from, you, from you tell the story and we'll get our teeth into it. And I will, I will be right with you. I will not let go until those people pay. They have to pay. I mean, from, from I know. Uh, Joint Chief Milley on down, they, they you know, have made our, made our U.S. military uh, have used our United States military to to do a job in a way that cost America that's costing American lives and the lives of our allies, and it, and they've and 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 I couldn't imagine, you know, being in being the position of our military service members right now, uh, and and being forced to do things that are immoral, inhumane, and uh, and against who who America is. They're against everything they raised their hand and made an oath to do. And uh, and they're being forced to do that by the leaders uh, in Washington D.C. sitting back and you know making decisions based on whatever the White House is saying, but not what's right. And, and what's made America always great is that America does what's at the end of the day. America, you know, does what's does right. What's right. And, uh, um, and uh, how right how, how many Americans do you think are going to be left behind? I I, I got word. I don't know if this is true now. I don't know what's true and what's not. Um, I got word that uh, the embassy staff, all the foreign embassy staff, left behind. Um, how many Americans do you suppose are left behind? Well, you know, we've continued to hear the number 10,000, but I've also heard that the number could be twice that many uh, because the State Department does not require you to register. You know, I think the one thing uh, White House Press Secretary Saki said was, that that's been right is that you know U.S. U.S. people don't have to register and uh, don't have to register when you leave, and uh, you know, it's the freedom we have, and uh, so that's not a very tra- that's not a very well tracked database that the State Department has. So the State Department really didn't have any idea, but between ten and twenty thousand were going to be left there. And look, the, the military, this is over. The military is leaving. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to wake up tomorrow morning, and. Uh, well, different, you know, I don't know, your U.S. listeners, different time zone. But here, you know, it's it's about to be night. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to wake up tomorrow morning and, and they're gone. Uh, well, the, the Pentagon just said that they aren't going anywhere until the 31st. 
but that's different than what we hear on the ground here. Um, you yeah. know, we, we hear that uh, things are uh, advancing rapidly uh, and they're pulling the troops out right now. Um, uh, you know, again, I don't know what what is true and what is not uh, unless we hear from the people who are actually on the ground and they've seen it. It, it, it appears it appears they're leaving now. If they stay to thirty first, just to say they did, you know, uh, they may do that and they may leave a contingency just to say they did and pull out. But it, right now, there's really no relevance of them even being there because we are not rescuing uh, people anymore. You know, we we as the NGO doing this shut down. The military's not doing it anymore. The gates are sealed. Um, as far as rescue, it, it's. It's it's over. I mean, we've we've essentially handed over our citizens to the Taliban. Chad, and, you know what I believe to be the most horrific hostage situation in history of the, of the United States. You you had a plan. You had a plane that was getting ready to take off, and it it was canceled because we flew a plane in, and that hit a cap um, here where where we're at. Um, did that as that. Are those people safe? Those women and you know, children. Uh, there, there was women and children on on uh, that we were going to pick up that flight. Those those are safe. Yes, uh, thank okay. God. And, and you know, and and look, we, we you and I talked about this. Everyone was just trying to do the right thing at a thousand miles an hour. No, I know. And, uh, and no, I know. And, uh, and it's a good thing. <laughs> so you know, they have you just been, they've just. That. <laughs> I, I know it's just been on our uh, on our mind uh, and on our heart that these people were yeah. uh, possibly trapped as things get better. Thank God they're out. No. Um, yeah, we, yeah, that, that was a, that was a CSS story. So I don't know where good. they are, but I know I know they those people didn't get put back out the fence. Okay, um, let us know, Chad, when uh, when we can uh, uh, help expose what's going on um because uh, i i i know the story that you have to tell uh and yep. it, it it will horrify americans it will truly truly horrify americans so um thanks for I'm, I'm everything watching, that you're watching doing my Jeff. phone i'm watching okay. my phone for the wheels to go up in that plane and as soon as i do i'll text you <laughs> so. okay thank you Chad Robicho, uh, I, I, I can't thank him enough. You should pray for him and uh, the Mighty Oaks Foundation. It is an amazing group of people who are doing incredible things uh, here on the ground. Thank you so much, Chad. Back in a minute. You know, your dog doesn't know the difference between healthy and unhealthy food, but his body does. When you're feeding him dry kibble food, for instance, his body is telling him that everything he's eating is dead and there's nothing really good for him. It might fill up his stomach, but it's not good. Kibble food has to be sterilized for long shelf life, has to be able to last on the shelf for two years. So what's missing are the key things that your dog needs. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, all the stuff you need to be healthier and happier. And in a lot of cases, this is how it was with my dog, Uno. The dog simply stops wanting to eat. He just doesn't like it. A guy named Dr. Dennis Black decided to take the problem on. He created a product called Rough Greens. It's not a dog food. It's stuff you put on the dog food, and it's full of all of the healthy ingredients that your dog needs. 
Uno loved it from day one. I want you to try it with your dog. You can get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog to try out. All you pay for is shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com slash back or call 833-GLEN-33. That's 833-G-L-E-N-N-33. Call them today. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. What this, um, I'm live in the Middle East, and I guess what I'm, I'm feeling, I have felt before, and that is when I first started recovery, when you stop drinking and you realize you have to just face the truth of what you've allowed yourself to become. It doesn't mean that's who you are, it's who you've allowed yourself to become. And honor and integrity and the truth are really the only thing that matter in life. Without it, you have nothing. Uh, And the truth is pretty ugly here. And it is, it's, you're not able to blame it on anybody but the United States. Um, What we are currently doing to the people in Afghanistan is a horror show. And I am so grateful for the hope that you have provided them and the hope that you provide me. Please keep all of our team that's on the ground in harm's way and all of the people in Afghanistan in your prayers. More from the Middle East in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I want to start with some good news. Um, And I'm also, I guess part of that good news is we have Tom Cotton on who can tell us the truth of what he knows is going on. But I also uh, want to tell you and pretty much just let you know what's happening to your money. Uh, I had one of the most bizarre experiences of my life uh, just before this opening monologue here uh, out in the hallway and I I want to explain it to you uh, and share some news with you coming up in 60 seconds the Glenn Beck program believe it or not I didn't think I would like my pillow uh, because if I if I picked it up in a store I would have been like ah I'd like something a little more firm blah 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 I don't know how exactly it works, but you put your fist through each end of the pillow and it fluffs it and it lasts the whole night. They also have at my pillow the Giza Dream Sheets, which are also fantastic. These are unbelievable. You pay a buttload of money for soft, soft sheets with a high throat count and all that bull crap. 
These are on sale now for as low as $49.99. And I'm telling you, and I mean this, these are the softest sheets I've ever slept on. They're made with Giza cotton, the softest cotton in the world. They get softer and softer the more you use them. They're breathable, cool to the touch, and really durable. It's MyPillow, MyPillow.com. They have all the products for your sleep and a 60-day money-back guarantee. So if you get the pillow and you're like, I hate this, just ship it back. It's MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials. Get the Giza Dream Sheets for as low as $49.99 with the promo code BECK. Do it now, MyPillow.com. Hello, America. Welcome to the program. Um, I'm going to finish this story in a minute, but I will tell you that I, in between breaks, I went out into the hallway, and we have been working on something um, for the last 24 hours because the receiving airports are full, um, and our State Department is blocking these people from leaving and uh, through divine providence, which I will tell you in a little while, um, we happen to be traveling with somebody who had an answer. And he has been working for 24 hours, and that answer is about to come through. Um, but uh, we were talking about the cost of this, and um, it's going to cost about... Uh, It's going to cost about uh, $2 million for 1,000 people. And um, and everybody looked at me, and I said, uh, gosh, I can't believe we're negotiating for people. Uh, but, uh, gee, I think, I think $2 million is probably a good price uh, for 1,000 people. But it is... It is bizarre what is going on right now, and uh, our country is on the wrong side. For the first time in my life, I am, I am ashamed, truly ashamed, morally ashamed of our country. Um, Senator Tom Cotton joins us now, and I'm guessing he feels uh, somewhat the same way about what is happening. Uh, Senator, how are you, sir? Thanks for joining us. Glenn, it's good to be back on with you, uh, but under very difficult circumstances, of course. Um, what's happened in Afghanistan over the last couple of weeks is it, sad. It's tragic. It is shameful, disgraceful, humiliating, embarrassing. Um, and maybe worst of all, Glenn, um, it wasn't predictable. It was predicted. Um, many observed that if President Biden uh, executed his decision withdrawal in the middle of the fighting season uh, by withdrawing the critical enabling support that the Taliban had, or I'm sorry, that the Afghan army had, um, for instance, with Western contractors to keep their air force flying, we'd be pulling the rug out from underneath them. Um, and you started to see some reports come out in the media that says that it was predicted directly to Joe Biden, no matter what he's been saying to the American people, that this would be the fate um, that we face right now. Senator, uh, you know, there are bad decisions, um, but this is this is a pattern here now. It's not just a pattern because of what he has done before. Um, I mean a pattern here. There is a doubling down of everything. There is a, a refusal to see what is going on, which makes me wonder if, A, the president is mentally competent, and that's being kind, 
Or there is something else at play here because there is, there's not an ally that is with us. There is not a sane individual left, right, center. It doesn't matter. Politics all aside, we are, we are, there's blood all over our hands on this. And I can't figure out why. Why is this happening? Why is he doing this? So, Glenn, I mean, the pattern, I would say, goes back now 50 years. Uh, remember, Bob Gates famously uh, said of Joe Biden uh, when they both served in the Obama administration that he's been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security decision of his lifetime. Um, it was 40 years when Secretary Gates wrote that. It's 50 years now. The difference is, for, for most of those 50 years, it didn't matter too much because he was a senator and then a vice president. He wasn't in charge, uh, but he is in charge now. And you see in catastrophic relief the consequences of his terrible judgment. Um, now, uh, I, I think his attitude over the last two weeks uh, does also reflect something of Joe Biden's character, um, kind of like the, the anytime he's challenged, he, he defaults to this wise guy attitude of mocking the media. Now, I understand that he's not used to being challenged by the media, uh, but um, they finally have started to press him on his numerous falsehoods uh, and press those people around him. And you can tell that it gets under his skin and he gets spider, spiteful and prideful and bitter. Um, and he just digs in his heels even more, even though the circumstances on the ground are obviously uh, uh, deteriorating and they have been for some time. Well, that's what I can't figure out is 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 anyone telling him the truth of what's going on or is the Pentagon for the is there anyone that is standing up in his in his council that is saying, Mr. President, a I understand you already made the decision, but now the entire world is not standing with us. And people are going to die. There are Americans that you are leaving behind. Is anyone yeah. saying that to him? Yeah, Glenn, all, all of his speeches uh, on the question have been dangerously detached from reality now for a couple of weeks. Just as frankly that speech in early July was when he said there'd be no Saigon moment. Um, we wouldn't have a collapse of the government. Um, I, I think it's pretty clear based on the news report that both the Department of Defense and our intelligence agencies were sounding those alarms to President Biden. Um, but another thing about which I want to remind your listeners that Bob Gates said is that Joe Biden has a very mistrustful relationship with senior military leaders. Um, you know, even Barack Obama has said in his own memoirs that uh, Joe Biden, as vice president, constantly cautioned uh, then President Obama about listening to the senior military leaders at the Pentagon about how they were going to try to box him in, um, how they try to direct policy, not implement his policy. And I think you see the consequences of that, of President Biden's attitude now, um, is that despite the warnings from senior leaders, the Pentagon and intelligence agencies, um, he plowed straight ahead. So I, I think, Glenn, the, the real question then becomes, are those, those closest to him in the White House, in his inner circle, uh, speaking the truth to him? Are they conveying the genuine news? And, and I have questions if they are based on those speeches he's given. And, and also, Glenn, I, I have to say, I think some of them view this as just kind of a, a bad um, you know, news day 
you know, like in a campaign, you send Joe Biden out to a radio interview in the campaign last year and he makes a gap and you've got a couple of days of bad headlines, but pretty soon things move on. And they're treating this fiasco in, in Afghanistan like it's just a bad headline from a campaign and they want to just turn the page and get back to their reckless three and a half trillion dollar budget. But it's not just a bad headline whenever you've got hundreds, if not thousands of Americans trapped behind enemy lines. It's reality. And those Americans are going to be stuck there after Tuesday to say nothing of the green card holders that we can't get into the country uh, and those Afghans who served alongside us and who have been vetted and approved for a special immigrant visa. They're all going to be stranded. The word is uh, here, I'm in the Middle East, and the word is here that there are 1,800 that worked for the uh, embassy that have special visas, want to get out, and have no chance of getting out now. We're leaving them behind. It's reprehensible. Yeah, I mean, um, it is reprehensible. Uh, It's appalling. It's also strategically foolish. Um, imagine the challenges we'll have for years to come if we ever need local support uh, in a hot spot around the world. This is a, one reason why great and respected countries keep their word, uh, which Joe Biden now uh, has broken flagrantly so, and in a way that will reverberate for years to come. So is, I mean, is there, there's no way to... There's no way to stop this. There's not an appetite in Congress to to and I don't mean from the Republicans. I mean, from the Democrats. Is there not enough people in Congress and in the Senate to stand up and be a check and a balance on this reckless, dangerous behavior? Um, Well, Glenn, I think what you've seen from the Democrats is a deafening silence. Um, A very, very few number of Democrats, um, oftentimes veterans themselves, maybe serving on the armed services or the intelligence committee, have suggested that we need to, at a minimum, uh, stay as long as it takes to get out all of the Americans uh, who are in Afghanistan. But most Democrats just don't want to talk about it all. As you saw with Nancy Pelosi, she just wanted to talk about their reckless three and a half trillion dollar budget. They want they're like. President Biden's flip blades. They just want to keep their head down, grit, grit and bear it like it's a cam- like it's a bad news cycle on a campaign, and then turn the page. Hopefully, after next Tuesday, it's all going to be out of the headlines, and the media will move on. It's going to be I worse. Don't, I don't see how how's how are we going to move on if we have hundreds or even thousands of Americans who are stranded in Afghanistan when the Taliban at that point control not just all the border crossings but all the airports in the country. And this is, I mean, the only hope, and I say this with just callous um, disregard to humanity, but the only hope is that there will be no press there to report it. But so far, the Taliban still has Twitter, still has Facebook, um, and I don't think they're going to be shy in showing some of it. Yeah. Uh, Maybe then they'll violate the Twitter standards. Well, I mean, that is a big difference um, between uh, one of the big differences between where we are now and where the Taliban was uh, 20 years ago before 9-11 is social media didn't really exist back then. Uh, And as we've seen with ISIS um, over the years, ISIS is very aggressive in their use of social media for propaganda purposes and recruiting and training. Uh, And I suspect that'll be the same. That'll be true of the Taliban as well. Um, quickly, one last question. I know you've got to run. 
thank you, A, for kicking some butt with the State Department. But can you give me an update on the State Department? We last night had an ambassador called in, I think it's Macedonia. They closed off. We were looking for places where we can fly people in just to hold them. And Macedonia was one of them. And our ambassador uh, or the ambassador of Macedonia was called by the State Department and told not to take any of these people. What the hell? Yeah, I, I, I hadn't heard that specific report, Glenn, but I've heard similar reports. I know that our, our people on the ground inside the airport, uh, both uh, Department of Defense intelligence agencies uh, and our State Department officials are trying to move heaven and earth to get people uh, into the airport and out of the country. But the senior leadership at the State Department is, is a different kettle of fish. Um, you know, I, I heard a story just this morning that we weren't even allow, allowing British nationals to get inside the airport with their Afghan partners and, and fly to Great Britain at, the, at private expense. So, again, this wouldn't even have, have an impact on the American government or taxpayer. And it's not you know, a country that people have never heard of. It's Great Britain. Uh, I'm very disturbed by these reports, and I'm trying to get answers on all of them. At a minimum, we should be allowing countries that are willing to accept Afghans or willing to send charter or charity flights oh into Kabul to do that to clean up some of President Biden's mess. Uh, yes. Yes, you don't want to do it. Fine, we'll do it. We'll do it. But they won't even, I mean, they are obstructing us every step of the way. And I don't know if it's out of spite, uh, ignorance. I have no idea. I don't care. But it should stop now. Yeah, no, Glenn, I, I definitely, I hear you and I agree with you. Um, and I'm just worried that they're about to roll up stakes in the next 24, 48 hours. I mean, if, if Joe Biden is hell-bent to have every last troop out of the airports on Tuesday, uh, August 31. Well, they're not going to be flying mass evacuation charters out you know, through Tuesday afternoon. They've got to start getting our troops out as well. Well, we will for as long as we possibly can. Um, Senator, thank you so much. Thanks for your service uh, to the country here in Afghanistan. And, um, and thank, you. thank you for your service right. in the Senate as well. God bless. Thank you, Glenn. You bet. Senator Tom Cotton, back in a minute. Man, do you remember that teacher last week? She went on a rant about climate change and the coronavirus and conservatives telling them most of your parents are dumber than you. You don't have to believe everything your parents believe because most likely you're smarter than them. Oh, my gosh. But let me ask you something. What do you really know about what your kids are being taught or not taught about democracy? about the free market. The only way to protect your kids from bad information is to give them good information. And the best way to do that is with the Tuttle Twins books. They teach liberty in a fun way with stories your kids and your grandkids are going to love. They'll understand why America is America. Tuttle Twins, they're having a crazy back-to-school sale this week. It's a massive socialism inoculation kit. Uh, it has all of the books. You want the vaccine? Here it is. The Tuttle Twins books. They have parent guides, activity books, and the audio books, all for less than the normal cost of just the books. They're taking 70% off the normal price right now. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. This week only. Get this massive discount. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds. Station ID.
charging. Welcome back to the program. Uh, Glenn is in the Middle East. Uh, he, we're we're going to connect with him here uh, in just a moment. The details coming out of Kabul and the airport are horrifying to say the least. Some of the footage that is on social media now is still yet to be confirmed, but is, uh, I mean, to say it's gruesome and disturbing would be to undersell it uh, dramatically. Um, there are, uh, you know, legitimately piles of people all over the place around where this bombing occurred. The U.S. is now confirming U.S. and civilian casualties. We don't know what that means yet. Uh, we don't know. Uh, we've seen reports of at least four U.S. Marines that were at least injured or maybe killed. Uh, the reporting from the ground is saying this is it that they're not going to do anything else no more people are going to be let in they're just going the august 31st thing looks like it may be off this may just be us leaving as soon as we can get people off of the base this is it um they're saying no more planes to take off uh, uh so this is uh glenn are you back with us or not I'm, i can't uh no okay i was told he was um but we're we're kind of trying to reconnect with him in the middle east this is this is something we talked about over and over again over the past week which was as as this had been discussed by us and and by many people critical of the biden administration it was discussed as this thing that joe biden screwed up and put a lot of people in danger and look at this catastrophe as they try to have people around the airport and and it's a mess and all of this and as we said over and over again that discussion was a discussion about the best case scenario the best possible thing that can come out of this is just that joe biden really screwed up and stranded thousands of people for some time and in a very messy situation, we're able to get them out eventually because the Taliban decided to be super nice and allow it to occur. What we're seeing now is approaching more of the worst case scenario where someone, we don't know who, the, the, uh, they're talking, they're trying to blame this new ISIS-K, I guess a new variant, uh, for the attack. Taliban is claiming that they've had their own people killed in the attack. We'll see what how that plays out. But this could get much, much worse and is getting much, much worse. We're going to have Glenn back from the Middle East here in just a moment. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. A dark day in U.S. history. You are in the middle of witnessing it. We'll have all the details in just a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, here's something interesting that just happened in the world. A company named Palantir. It just bought $50 million in physical gold to prepare for a black swan event. Now, why is this important? Well, Palantir, in case you don't know, they are an expert company on data, analytics, and forecasting. 
And they're used by hedge funds and banks and financial firms, including Morgan Stanley, Merck, Airbus, Fiat, Chrysler, whole bunch of people. And the United States intelligence community also uses Palantir for forecasting. And they just loaded up on physical gold. Gee, why would a company do that? Do they know something we don't know? Signs are a massive financial crisis is coming. The world always returns to gold and silver. Please protect yourself. Goldline has extended their free silver bar offer while supplies last. With any and all qualifying orders, you're going to receive that bar at no cost. So call them right now. 866-GOLDLINE. That's 866-GOLDLINE or go to goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Um, I'm glad you're here today. Uh, there's a lot going on. David Barton from Wall Builders and also on the board of directors of uh, the Nazarene Fund uh, has been traveling with us. Uh, and uh, we have seen and heard an awful lot, uh, that some of which we can't tell you yet. Um, some of it good, some of it bad. Um, but first, let's start with the, the good. Um, we have uh, 4,100, no, 5,100 5, people out now. Uh, so 5,000 people have uh, been saved. Uh, it's my understanding there is one more plane on the tarmac uh, that is ready to go. Um, there were others that we will tell you the story about uh, later when we are able to. Um, but the problem is last night, um, it was about 24 hours ago, um, we had a problem that the, uh, the host countries that are landing these planes would, uh, had a cap of about, uh, 4,000 people, one of the countries and all of the countries had reached their cap. And the reason why that was happening is because the State Department was not vouching for anybody so we could move them on to other host countries. Um, and so everything... And, and can I add, too, that the State Department had vetted all these people. They were all on a list. They're on the State Department list. The people who got on the plane are on that list. They're in the air. They're going to the country, and the, and the State Department calls the country and says, we won't vouch for the people on the plane. They're on your list. That's how they got there. And, and the State Department will not follow through, so we've had planes turn around in the air and come back, or we've had them stop on the ground because the, plate, the State Department won't let those people on the ground go to the next step, the next staging area, because they won't vouch for them. And, and yet you can't even get on the plane if you hadn't been through the State Department. And so now these host countries um, that have been taking them out of Kabul, they're supposed to go to Kabul, and then we verify that is who you are, yada, yada. We've already done that in Kabul, but then we do it again, and we make sure that everybody is who they say they are, and then they go to the next country. Well, the State Department was blocking us from getting people out of Kabul. Then they are blocking us from getting people out of these airports, and these airports are overrun, and they can't take anymore. Through divine providence, and I'm not going to give you any details until it's done, but this is literally, David, a God thing. Would you agree? Yeah, it is a God thing. 
people talk about God fingerprints. This is a handprint. This, yeah. this is not a fingerprint. We're traveling with somebody. We brought somebody with us who at the last minute said, hey, can I jump on the plane with you guys? And we said yes. And um, we kind of all we kind of all thought um, he's a really good guy to have, and he kind of knows a little bit of everybody. Um, and we thought, uh, you know, it'll be great to have him, but didn't really have a job for him, you know. Um, and then last night, as we're talking, he said, um, I think I can get countries to open up, and two countries in particular, and we just got word. It, it, David, is it an official word? It's not official enough to say the country. Okay. So, um, but but it's it's official. It's going to happen. We're just not going to yeah, say it right now. Right. And I'm not going to say it until those planes are down on the ground anyway. Right. Um, because I don't. We don't need any more hassles from anybody else. But uh, it looks like we are going to be able to take five thousand people and move them uh, in plane load after plane load uh, right away, which would then open up all of these countries to take more if anyone can get any more planes off the ground. Mm -hmm. um, so we could take another 5,000 people out if their support. We're kind of looking now, you know, at the, at the British and the French as the only ones that are going to be able to help do that because nobody else is doing it. Well, it, it even looks like that because Kabul is really under American control that they're not even letting the British and others go out. So the, even our allies are able to get their private planes out of there. So the State Department really has shut down the flow. You know, if we can get these folks moved to these other countries, we could get more people into these countries and, and keep, pe keep moving people out of Kabul. But at this point, it doesn't look like the State Department's going to let us or our allies take any more out. So uh, that is the... Uh, that's the situation here. I know David has been, um, you've been tracking a, a lot of stuff. Um, we're at the end of our day uh, here. It's, it's dark here, and people are starting to come home, have dinner, and then go to bed soon. Um, your reflections on the day here? It's, it's torn emotions, because on the one hand, I know our military. I got two kids in army right now on, on deployments, different places, and service, different placements. And I know that if we untie the hands of the military, we're not having any of this trouble at Kabul. At there's all. just there's none no of it. none of it. And I know the military capabilities, and my frustration is we don't have to have this going on. We didn't have to have that bomb going off. We could have had a wide perimeter way out. None of this would be a problem. The ISIS K would not be in uh, in Afghanistan. They wouldn't have dared lift their head. Yeah, th this would be a non-story, but at the same time, the military can't do that. And and I've been reflecting today, and it's a, it's a frustration, but it's also, I'm so pleased that the Constitution set up a civil authority over the military, because we cannot have a coup this way. If our military got frustrated with President Biden and said, we're gonna go save these guys, what stops them from having a coup next time they don't like any president? Mm -hmm. And so the fact that I, I don't like the hand, the fact that our military has its hands tied, but I like the fact our military has its hands tied because the Constitution was so wise in that regard. That'll prevent us from ever becoming a third world country having a coup. As a historian, David, can you think of a time in American history like this? 
Wow, no. Um, what makes it unique? There has always been, for all the presidents that I can think of, even the ones I disagree with, there has been an American first mentality. And even when I disagreed with them politically, they were very good about trying to maintain our strength and our reputation internationally. I can't think of a place, you know, the closest we're going to get is Vietnam, and that's the closest we're going to get, and that's where politicians manage the war, not the military guys. Oh, wait, is that what's happening here? Politicians managing the war, not the military guys. Um, I, but that, that was, you know, I, I hate even bringing that up, but Biden's the one who brought that up, that we're not going to be there, and yet here we are. So that's the closest I can come. I, you know, if I go back to Zachary Taylor, if I go back to all the other wars I can think of, all the other conflicts, there's nothing like this um, precedent like this. There's been places where that, like with Teddy Roosevelt, people, Americans were taken captive in Cuba, and we just went in and crushed it. That was just not going to happen. You're not going to hold Americans. So it's really hard to think of anything really that, that is close to what's happening here with the embarrassment we're suffering with the the way that other nations are looking at us our loss of prestige there's always been people who hated america but not allies yeah and i don't i don't mind that we're embarrassed or humiliated I, i'm ashamed that we are um we're lying and we're lying to ourselves and we're betraying our allies and the people i mean we are really truly easily on the wrong side here yeah and, and this is one of the things that history tends to get right over time. Um, you know, maybe 20, 30 years before the full story comes out with a lot of this, because even with the media starting to challenge Joe Biden, they're still not getting the full story out. I mean, what we're seeing over here and what we have the reports of and the intelligence we're getting, they have access to, and it's just not making it back home. So at some point, that's going to come out just as it did in Vietnam. Uh, the media did a really bad job there. In retrospect, we have a lot more knowledge of what happened than what the media told us. And that'll happen here eventually. It just takes a while to get there. David Barton from Wall Builders and from the Nazarene Fund. Thanks for everything. Um, I want to tell you a story. And, uh, and, 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 and it's just a story. It's just a story. Um, but, uh, you know, it's weird how sometimes stories... Turn out to be, you know, very close to real life. I'm not saying that about this story, but um, you know, there was a country, uh, there was a company uh, that really wanted uh, a pipeline um, uh, from uh, from Afghanistan up uh, all the way to Russia, and then across uh, Russia and uh, and into. Um, into Europe, and the Afghani leadership didn't want that. They didn't. They didn't want their um, their reserves uh, to be exploited like that. And uh, and this country had gone to other countries, uh, and and the other countries were were for it. Um, but then there was this this horrible change of uh, of policy. And new people uh, became in charge, and and their payment uh, for doing a deal uh, was uh, military equipment uh, and uh, and making sure that um, that nobody bothered them uh, anymore. Uh, 
anyway, that's a, just a, a crazy, crazy story. By the way, there is a company that does want to build that pipeline that's not uh, fantasy. Um, the rest of it is completely made up. But um, that, 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 you know, what's weird is that company is named Burisma. Back in a minute. I want to talk to you about American financing. America is starting to change, and it's changing from the inside out. And it's not a good change, but there is, there is another part of America that is standing true to what we once knew. Uh, and while the ground gets shakier, we have to find that solid ground. And that solid ground is responsibility, fiscal responsibility, uh, spiritual responsibility. Get your fiscal house in order by calling American Financing right now. They're not here to help the bank out. They're here to help you. They work for you, not the banks. Let their consultants do a free mortgage review for you today. See what you might be missing out on. AmericanFinancing.net. Do it now. AmericanFinancing.net. 800-906-2440. American Financing. NMLS 182334. The Glenn Beck Program. So two bombs at least have gone out off near the Kabul airport. We know from our State Department there were U.S. casualties and civilian casualties. We don't know all of the numbers. Some of the reporting is saying at least four U.S. servicemen have been wounded or killed. The Taliban is saying at least 13 people have been killed. Although if you have seen any of the footage that has come out from uh, on social media, you, you know it's much, much more than that. There are piles of people all over the place, and this is a worsening journey into the worst-case scenario. I will remind you that two days ago, Jen Psaki told us that she wouldn't call the evacuation anything but a success. Two days ago. The White House, behind the scenes, went to any publication that would listen to them and say that they needed to have their due credit for what is going on in Afghanistan. And you probably saw, if you're on social media, if you're on Twitter, if you watch cable news, you probably saw many people who are aligned with the administration parroting that exact sentiment. People on MSNBC did it. People all over the media did it. They wanted their props for Afghanistan. Well, I hope they get them. They Because de- they deserve all of the credit for what is occurring there right now. This is theirs. Joe Biden said that any attack on our forces would be met with swift and forceful response. So far, no sign of anything swift or forceful. 
from this administration. The exact opposite. The ending of an ongoing, pathetic march to failure. It's incredible to watch it occur in real time. This is the United States of America we're talking about. This is our country. And this is the face they are putting on it. My understanding of the process is that you don't allow thousands of your own people to be stranded in a country before you allow it to be taken over. Seems to be the decision was made quite a long time ago that we were going to hand the country back to the Taliban eventually, but could we at least have evacuated our people before we did it? Apparently the answer to that is no. As you may know, we had plenty of places to, for airplanes to take off in this country not very long ago. But we gave them all up before we evacuated our people. Now, we have multiple suicide bombs going off right outside the airport. And every piece of reporting on the ground and from people who are in touch with military officials are saying, basically, it's over. We are not even going to make it to the deadline the Taliban set for us. We are going to evacuate people as fast as possible. And the quote from a source inside the military was that it is increasingly likely that, yes, thousands of Americans will be left behind. It's hard to overstate. The whole day, the whole freaking day is hard to overstate. Just a terrible day in U.S. history. We'll have more on it tonight. Stu does America on the blaze. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the Glenn Beck Program.